Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan has found its quarterback. Cade McNamara led a big comeback against Rutgers on Saturday as the Wolverines avoided disaster. We give our take on McNamara's performance and what it means going forward. That and more on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. Well, guys, I say Michigan has found its quarterback. I mean, Michigan better have found its quarterback. Jim Harbaugh, you know, today at least, uh, Monday early afternoon, not willing to name a starter, but probably just wanted to tell his team before he told us. But Joe Milton did start. I go back to our conversation last week at this time where we debated who should start. I said it should be McNamara, but I guess for those who were predicting it'd be Milton, they were correct because it was Milton. He got, I don't know, four or five, six drives. I can't remember the exact number. Five. Five uh, too many. Five too many. Michigan was down <laughs> 17 nothing when he was replaced by McNamara. I know Joe Milton doesn't play defense. He doesn't block. He doesn't run the ball. But bottom line is McNamara came in and just like he did against Wisconsin, a very quick touchdown, immediate spark. The whole offense seemed to rise up with him. And uh, yeah, Michigan erased that 17-point hole and ends up winning the game in triple overtime. Yeah, initial thoughts on, on McNamara's performance and you know Milton getting pulled and kind of big picture view after, after the victory. Before we get to McNamara, I, I don't, maybe I'm in the minority here. I, I don't think Milton played poorly on Saturday because if you go back and look at his drives, the, mm-hmm. the fumble wasn't his fault. That they were, Michigan was driving that drive. Cornelius Johnson had that catch Absolutely. football, not his fault. And then you had the fourth and one play call that had the ball in first down, but he was taking the, the play out, the snap out of shotgun. Um, I, so I think the play call is questionable there. So I, I, I don't, well, I don't think Milton played poorly. Michigan just wasn't getting it done offensively, and that was the case last week too. They just it, they looked disjointed. They they couldn't get any momentum going, and they just couldn't score. And even going back to those first five drives, they also had a missed field goal in there too. So not all of it, I think was on Joe should be on Joe's shoulders, but at the same token, like I just said, they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't, they couldn't get any flow going, no rhythm. They're out of sync. And it was just totally different with, with Kate in there. And you saw that last week against Wisconsin while Michigan, you know, only scored 11 points. Their, their lone touchdown came when Cade came into the game. So it, it's clear to me that, that Cade has been the spark. He just seems to work better with this offense, with these receivers. There seems to be some type of there's a good relationship there, and he's just hitting. He's getting the ball out quickly, and he's hitting receivers, and that's just something you weren't seeing consistently from Joe. Guy, Joe Milton was completed <laughs> completed one of his last eight passes. Man, like, yeah, he did that. What do you mean he didn't play poorly? I mean, so, yeah, it wasn't all his fault, but like, I mean, he didn't do anything for the offense. Like, it ended up stall. Like, definitely hit a, a stall point while he was behind center. I mean. So, I mean, some of the passes is the receivers weren't open, but this the way he threw it, like this out of bounds, like on the one was just like, what is that? Like you're just looking at yourself and like, what is going on right now? And I think you 100%, yeah, like you needed to change something up. Um, it was definitely the right move to bring in the McNamara. And yeah, I mean, this guy, this guy can sling it, man. It's, it's, 
he, he delivers a, a good ball and, and his receivers kind of got things going after, after he came into the game. So we'll, we'll see if this offense can, can sustain this because as we've seen, the, the missions defense is going to give up a lot of points. It's, it's been four straight games that they've allowed 400 or more yards. So they're going to need Cade's arm to, to, to continue to perform like this because there's, there might be a few more shootouts this year. I like the energy. I like the spirit of debate. I think Aaron, you know, Aaron's always, he, he's not an overreaction guy. He's not a hot take guy. And I think, I think it's fair to point out that, I mean, man, you wonder what would have happened if Johnson doesn't fumble that ball because Michigan's moving it. They score a touchdown and they're feeling good about themselves, you know, right away um, on the road. And it just, instead it didn't happen. And then it just kind of, it, it didn't really spiral for Milton. He just, he just never really got in that groove that, that, you know, McNamara, provided for them so yeah it's, it's it's unfortunate for Milton you feel bad for them you still think there's potential there for him but um there's no going back now at this point it's, it's McNamara's uh you know team to lead I think and yeah he was just hitting on some passes it, it looked like the Minnesota game at at times with McNamara in there it was it was pretty simple stuff and he, he made it look simple you know sell these run fakes and and hit the guy open in the flat you know there weren't that many long completions down the field um there was one Busted coverage, wide yeah. open, um, and, and sadly, we've seen Milton miss that throw already a couple times this year. So, yeah, he was just kind of just doing everything uh, efficiently. He didn't he didn't have to be spectacular, but uh, yeah, there's certainly other other problems. I, I wanted to know why you thought because Michigan's run game was just better. They were getting more push, and they were just moving the ball better on the ground, even with McNamara. Do you think that was a coincidence, or or, or do you have an explanation for that? That's a good question. I was wrestling with that over the weekend, you know, and I think part of it is, is K just getting the football out quicker and, and mm-hmm. hitting receivers. So I, I think the defense is, was more or less on its heels a little bit more. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, with the efficiency K was working with earlier, when the quarterback is good, like, like Cade was playing, I, I think it opens things up. You know, Michigan's offense has been so one dimensional last couple of weeks. They've had no, no run game going. And I think a part of that is at the very least, uh, Joe just not hitting receivers, making poor reads, not not moving the football down the field, and so I, I think that this goes to show what what a uh, competent and, and effective quarterback can do for an offense. I, I think that one deep pass to Cornelius Johnson, where there was complete blown coverage by Rutgers, opened up some eyes for for that secondary. Like, wow, okay, we have to be more conscious of of these receivers now. And right after that, then the running running game started to get going. So I think that that played a huge factor into it too, knowing that that they Michigan now is a quarterback that can deliver uh, an on-target pass consistently. Uh, and then it's in the back of your mind as a defender. Like if I get burned just a little bit, it could be a, a big completion going, going the other way. So yeah, that's, that's a great point. And I think it definitely played a factor. At the end of the day though, Michigan didn't need three overtimes to, to beat Rutgers. This is a Rutgers team that just, uh, just to give an anecdote about where their program is. This was my, my wife took our not yet two-year-old daughter to one game last season at Michigan Stadium, and it was against Rutgers. Why? Because she went, couldn't sell her ticket, couldn't find anyone else that was interested in going, and knew that there'd be space around their seats because it's not a packed house when <laughs> Rutgers comes to town. We're just one year removed from that game, uh, 52 nothing, and here we are, you know, Michigan basically needing damn near 50 points just to, to get the win. I guess the excitement over McNamara can overshadow some of the other issues, uh, but not here on this podcast. What were those other issues that, that crept up on Saturday? Yeah, I think that's the big picture we got to look at here. You know, it was, it was one game. And, and like I said this after the Wisconsin game where Cade put together the one drive, but it was, it was, it's been one game. Cade played magnificently. I thought he, 
he, he was ready, he was prepared, he was efficient. But you're right, there's other issues. I mean, Michigan had it took them over a half to establish the run game. You know, they, they're still turning the ball over. The defense continues to, to have major issues getting to the quarterback. Uh, secondary was burned a lot. And it wasn't just Jamon Green and Vincent Gray this time. It was Dax Hill yeah. and Brad Hawkins, and everyone was getting burned. And it was, and like you guys said, it's Rutgers. It's not like we're going up against Ohio State here. So it's the defense is clearly an issue. I don't know if they have an answer to to, to change it or fix it at this point. Like I said last week, they're going to have to, I think, just run through the rest of the season here and hopefully hope that these some of these guys get better in coverage because right now, quite frankly, Michigan's coverage stinks. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a blown bright spot there was actually Hunter Reynolds got some playing time. Um, if you know that name, he was kind of active off the field this offseason with he's part of the Big Ten. I think it was coalition is what it might have been called, um, you know, making sure that things were safe and, and that the league was was really putting the players safety first before they restarted. Um, and then. You know, social with social justice issues as well. He was one of the leaders of you know the the, the protests that happened on campus that that we covered. So yeah, he actually got on the field on on Saturday, and I thought I thought held held his own. But again, he wasn't he wasn't flawless by any means. He was he was in there um, on some on some completions as well. So yeah, the pass defense, and it's really it's it, it's the whole line because they're not getting to the quarterback like you said. Um, you know, they're not they're not making teams one dimensional. So it it's just it's just a problem kind of at all all levels of of the defense. And I don't know. I are are there young players that you know could be now you know a few weeks into the season ready to to maybe make an impact that have it already. Cause I'm not seeing that I'm seeing that you're just going to have to roll with what you got and hope that uh, things improve. Well, I, I think a, a key point here is to just take a look at this last game. I mean, the two guys that replaced Cameron Drone and Brad Hawkins who were both injured, Adam Shibley and Hunter Reynolds are both former walk-ons. So, I mean, what, yeah. what does that say about the, the development and the, and the lack of depth that this team has at this point? I mean, that's, we kind of knew going into the season, depth would be an issue, and, and we're seeing it midway through the through the season. And your secondary is giving up 378 passing yards, three touchdowns, and allowing Noah Vedrill to go 29 of 43. You've got <laughs> issues. It was a career day for Noah Vedrill, and we've seen this in the past few weeks where quarterbacks and or receivers are having career days on Michigan's defense. Uh, it, it's just it's not a good sign, and it doesn't seem like they're getting better. And I, I think they it looked like they were sprinkling a little bit more zone on Saturday just based on some of the alignments and some of the way that some of these things, you know, ended up, but they, they didn't look like they got better. Like the coverage was blown on several occasions. Daxon Hill had a, had a poor game after he's played so well up to this point. It, it just seems like the secondary is dysfunctional. I, I, I don't know if it's a lacking miscommunication. It's just the inexperience at the, the, the corner spots. They're just, they just can't seem to get it right. And it's not, and it isn't just the quarterbacks at this point too. It's been bleeding into the safeties. And now Michigan could be down a, a, one of their top, their starting safeties and Brad Hawkins who came out of the game injured too. Good news for Michigan is now after one and three start, they're two and three, they get possibly the worst team in the big 10. And I'm not even, that's not an exaggeration. Penn state on uh, uh, this coming Saturday at home. And then Maryland, a team that, you know, has been off now. Uh, for a couple of weeks at home again the week after that. So yeah, you're not going to beat Ohio state, but you have a chance to, uh, you can finish 500 at least, um, which would be an accomplishment after, after their start. So they got that going for them. Um, I don't know if there's anything else from specifically from, from this game you want to, you want to talk about. Well, obviously as we go through the week, preview Penn state, talk about other you know news within the team, but anything specifically from, from that Rutgers game that, that stood out to you. I, I will just say this: when when Rutgers had a chance to win win with the field goal in overtime, there I'm like, this is he's going to make this. Like this is 
this is game over. And I, I, I was surprised that the kicker did not make it. I just had had a feeling like this was going to end in another dramatic fashion. And things the tone would have been a lot different in that post-game press conference if, if that kicker didn't make that field goal. Speaking of special teams, I think it was a roller coaster day for Michigan special teams too. They had three missed field goals. They had the 95-yard touchdown uh, kickoff return from Giles Jackson that kind of energized them to start the second half, which you know, got the mo- momentum kind of going there after after halftime. But uh, Michigan needed a lot of things to go right in this game to win. They got a near perfect, flawless game from from Cade McNamara to do it. Um, but they're uh, remember they're down 17 nothing to a Rutgers team who is, you know, well they're not bad. They're not they're not good either. So it's it's Michigan's clearly not in a great place right now. I, I am curious to see how Keith McNamara goes from here, assuming he is going to be the starting starting quarterback on Saturday. Um, if he can play like he did Saturday, you know, relatively consistently, I think it, it can cure some of these issues Michigan has on offense. Now, I don't think it's going to cure much on defense. I think they, they have a long way to go, uh, and they got some good offenses they're going to go up against here the next couple of weeks. But we we might Michigan might see some improvement here again. We'll see. The jury's out. But I do think it starts a quarterback, and I do think they got vastly improved play on Saturday for McNamara. You you mentioned that they did get behind seventeen to nothing, but they were also up by eight in the final like five minutes of the game, and all they needed was a stop on the final drive. Rutgers had to march the pretty much the length of the field there, and they had what three third third and long conversions, convert on fourth and nine for for a touchdown, and even the two point conversion. I mean, letting letting the guy who you wrap a guy up starting at the three yard line and letting them just bulldoze you over a quarterback for to get into the end zone. I mean, it's just like, what are you guys doing out there? I mean, where's the, you have an opportunity to, to clinch the game and you let the quarterback just kind of manhandle you at the line of scrimmage like that. It's just like this defense is just, there's just, I don't know. It's hard to pin it on just one aspect of the defense when really all three levels are, are struggling mightily right now. Third and eight, third and 11, fourth and nine on that final drive. And they get records connect, converted first downs, which uh, situation. I'd like to see the stats on a team that doesn't score first in overtime that they then still win because, you know, that's just nerve wracking to give the ball back to a team only needing a field goal. Granted, I thought Greg Schiano thought that only needing a field goal was a lot easier than it was. He, he seemed to revert back to his NFL mindset. These are college kids outdoors uh, in, you know, not great conditions necessarily, although, you know, Saturday night wasn't terrible, but um, to just to go backwards, to accept going backwards and, and, and taking a knee just to center the ball. That was asking for trouble. I don't care if this kid hadn't missed a kick all year. Um, well, no, that he was a first-year kicker. I guess he first-year kicker from forty-plus <laughs> yeah. yards. That's just that was that was that was silly. You got to try to move the ball. You can be a little more conservative, but you can't take a knee. You have to make it as easy as possible for him. Like especially yes. in that like pressured situation for a kid who's really never played. I mean, it's his first year playing football. In the, at least the Rutgers team. Like mm-hmm. you can't just assume he's going to make it. You bring up the NFL. Even yesterday in the Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens game, Tennessee only needed a, a field goal to win, and they continued to, to throw the ball, march downfield, and they ended up scoring a touchdown when they only needed a field goal because they want. I mean, why put your yeah. kicker in that position when I could see maybe not trying to put your quarterback in a bad position and have him risk a throw into tight coverage? But I mean, there's there's a plenty of plays you can can draw up where you feel pretty confident you're not going to turn the ball over or fumble it or throw an interception to get a few more yards. But again, a lot easier to, to talk about it after the fact, but yeah, I, I was a little bit surprised too. I'm like, all right, all right, you're going for the win from a 40 yards out plus, but 
whatever. <laughs> well, it, it backfired and, and Michigan was able to, to escape with the 48 42 win pandemonium in Piscataway. Very disappointed. It didn't make it into your, your post game story, Aaron. I don't know, uh, Ryan, if it made it into your post game video at all, but you know, I'll just assume it didn't and uh, I'd be disappointed with you as well. But we will have more coverage on mlive.com slash Wolverines this week. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners. 